0: I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co owner of purepleasureshop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot
1: Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution.
0: Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your favorite podcast about balls. About Cox, about not Cox, but this one is about all those things and prostates and testosterone. This was
1: the first time we've recorded with both of the hosts from the Mano podcast, which was cool because we've recorded with. Dr. Dubin and we've been on their friends. show. We've been on their show yeah. was really fun. I think it actually
0: just came out because yeah. it's been after li- oh, our episode. You mean with them? Yeah, with them was uh, they and they always wear their smocks or whatever you call no, it. No, they're scrubs. Scrubs. Sorry, I'm sorry.
1: I don't <laughs> smocks. When you're like
0: you do that's like when the, you're the an patient art teacher or when you're the patient. Do not you wear a or smock? Or if you're
1: an art or you're doing oh. an art class?
0: Well, obviously, that's what I, call I haven't a smock. been in a lot of hospitals or in a lot of art. But <laughs> well, you should be grateful. So. Um, uh, Dr. Justin Dubin Doobie has been on our show many times. And he did, he did the the vasectomy episode, which was a huge hit. Not that we were saying everyone should get a vasectomy, but we even went on things like our blue balls a real thing? And if you look at our TikTok or Instagram, if you're not following us there, please go because there's so much insight and just entertainment. And it's video. And Dr. Chu They're is They're both awesome. incredibly good looking men. Yeah, they are. The like shout out when you guys are listening. It's handsome. not just the smock. I said smocks intentionally it's yes, not just yes, smocks. <laughs> it's not the smocks alright scrubs it's fuck alright yeah and uh, very insightful and if they, they wore
1: each of them wore a doctor's coat would you have been exceptionally mm. captivated
0: uh, you know I, no you need a smock you know <laughs> honestly I so I get the whole thing like men in uniform what or about people in uniform
1: on your heart
0: Uh, It feels like crossing my boundaries unless you're my actual doctor. All right. All right. All right. Anyways, uh, I know some people would look at people in uniform and they're like, oh, and this is actually a thing. Okay, let's just say this. We'll make this really short because we want to make this fun. But like people look at folks in lab coats or doctor's suits or I look like a police officer or someone of authority or just a suit in general and you must know what you're talking about and if you tell me what you're talking about, I must listen to you. And... Here's the tricky thing in the medical world. So if I just. You wear a beret, you're not necessarily French. Exactly. So there, mic drop. I'm done with my <laughs> point. But also, I was just at Sex Geek Summer Camp and we were talking about. So, Reed Mihalko, he's been on our show many times. And we were talking about safer sex practices testing. and testing. And we had the recent STI episode on our show with Danielle uh, Bezalel. Yeah. But we were, i with a whole bunch of people who are like sex educators, you know, 90 of us talking about uh, STI testing and how often your doctor actually says, like, I want to do an STI test. And they're like, okay, cool. You have a pussy, you'll do a vag swab. That's it. But they're not like a throat swab, an ass swab, because they're not asking, are you having anal sex, like unprotected anal sex? Are you having unprotected, I mean, like no condoms or anything, like cocks or pussies in your mouth? And so we're talking about it, and there was a story from someone there about how they had to literally battle a doctor in their fancy coat to get a throat swab because this person was a man and he's like i'm bisexual i like to suck dicks too and they're like but why would you need this throat swab he's like because i like to suck a lot of dick and really? they didn't really understand so why? so the results came back and he had gonorrhea and he almost he was like i wanted to go up be like see i told you why this is why I need this because this person's getting regularly tested. They're very responsible. And yeah, they're, I mean, not a lot of people are using condoms for oral sex. Well, and I've been asked to get tested at the, the gynecologist, a not a throat, just yeah. test in general. And they
1: were like, well, have you changed sexual partners? I was like, but no, they're, but they're but also, I want to get tested. But
0: they're also not like all the orifices, like mucous membranes, yeah. all the, the I got a, bl- a blood draw. Yeah. But still that's still like your, does your blood show HPV in your throat? I don't think so. Your blood should show it should be it, it does dive. not show H B three H B V in your throat. It does not. That's why you do a swab on the cervix and the vaginal canal. Otherwise, they do a blood draw. It'd be super easy. And there's people that are getting HPV yeah. in the throat, gonorrhea. I think chlamydia too. So just saying this, just because you're in a fancy fucking lab coat, doesn't mean you know everything and that you should listen to them for everything. And you ask for what you fucking want. But that's so not wait, what this episode's so about. So what
1: should the panel show? You should get a blood draw, a swab in your throat, and what? An anal swab too, because if you're so like
0: if you're doing. Wh- unprotected anal things, meaning no condoms Mm -hmm. with people that you don't already have tests with that show that like, we're all clear and we're we're fluid bonded and not sharing fluids with other people. You probably don't need to do unless you, as long as you were done, when you already know your status, you probably don't need to do the anal thing. If you're sucking cocks or putting your mouth on pussies where you you're not fluid bonding meaning like you haven't already agreed that we're we're sharing fluids with each other we already know our STI status what if someone doesn't ejaculate in
1: your throat you can s-
0: things exactly ex- like HPV I mean that that happens. But this is the thing That's people don't understand. Skin.
1: You can get herpes from we're just not trying skin to skin scare contact. you no.
0: out of all these things. That's not even what this episode's about. It was this fucking awesome episode. It's way hey, more you fun. You gently smoke, so I'm going. with No, it. I know, but I think this is this is important because I'm inspired by this to like press my doctor for like, hey, yeah, I want to do an STI test, and then they're like, okay, cool, vagina swab, or like cervix swab, and I'm like, okay, but what about my throat? And I'm. Yeah, like, well, I'm not doing a lot of unprotected things with my ass. But anyways, I think this is important information for people to know that uh, just because your doctor does not offer the things to you and wears a fancy, sexy lab coat, or well, maybe it's not sexy, then maybe you should press for it.
1: And let's talk about Well, Dr. Dubin and Dr. Chu don't really go down that route. They're not like testing people. They're more in the field. They might of- be after
0: listening to some- this episode that's their <laughs> like, own, though.
1: Perhaps. Dr.
0: Dubin and Dr. Chu, when you listen to this, uh, can you start doing some throat swabs and ass swabs? Consensually. They might be like, they
1: have the stats to back up so many things. They have good stats. I love the stats that they share in the show because I want to start noting it. Because it, it it's important, and yeah. I love some st- stats. And I know you've never been a huge fan. I love stats. I love stats. Oh, you do. I, I th- do. I thought I, th- I thought like years no. back. You were like, I don't care about stats. I was no, like, no, no, no.
0: Like, it's not like my, my number one thing. No, no. I really like a good stat. I
3: love
1: um,
0: a stat, and not a good STI, but a good. I don't like a stat. stat. I love a stat. I like a stid. <laughs> That's what April used to call yeah. STDs. All right. So, anyways, listen to this episode though, because it's actually really fun and funny. It's not about like I know I just bored you. Uh, anyway. Anyways, so uh, we are going to dive into a sex question before we do uh, it's the last time we were going to say this we're taking a quick poll like a two week poll for folks who want to give us information for our upcoming book coming out in November and if you go to our website shamelesssex.com you scroll down just a smidge you will see two different little link things that say click here to go give us a b- anonymous information really quickly about if you live near a major city where that is if you want us to do a book tour, tour there no guarantees that we will. The other one is about the topic that you want us to give you free content for pre ordering our book. And that's all I'm going to say. Please do it if my you have friends time. friends
1: from high school in Wisconsin want us to come to Wisconsin, I'll go. Write it out. I would love to go back to Lake Geneva. I've, I've never been, been to Wisconsin. Oh my
0: God. Really? I've been to Michigan. I've been to Illinois. Lake Geneva is incredible. However, I want to know that. Hey, all want of us there. April's friends, will you please go and do that so I can come? I've been to Minnesota.
1: Oh, you've been to Minnesota. but that's not Wisconsin. I need to go to Wisconsin. All right. All right, so I love it. I yeah. love it. Thank you for your STI screening yes. situation because that's important information. Yeah. And I don't feel bad or ashamed that I haven't been swabbed in my throat. However, you haven't been sucking a lot
0: of dick, though.
1: I do know someone very, very close dick. to my familial realm that uh, lost his ability to really have like a sp- like a great speech because uh, he has HPV in his throat. So heterosexual it relationship throat for 28 cancer. years. Yeah. He was in a heterosexual relationship for 28 years, got HPV, just same.
0: That's why. So even if you've been in a long term relationship for 20 years, but maybe you suck some other dicks or lick some other pussies, you should be getting throat swabs whenever you do your STI testing. So like, this is just, this is just You the extra for that probably. <laughs> Whatever. It's fucking worth it. It's your health. Would you rather have cancer? Okay, anyways. How much is it? $25? It doesn't matter. As I'm just saying, who knows how much they charge? I have no idea. Yet. I wish it was free. Wow. Well,
3: um, I hope it's okay. free. Okay,
0: we're going to go to the next question. Before we do, we're just going to have a quick shout out. We're making make it super quick because we only have one spot left for our upcoming retreat in Costa Rica. That's it. Just one and spot. we have
1: someone that's already been
0: asking. Yeah, but they're looking for a different spot. So okay. what we have is one spot um, and it is for a uh, very nice, fancy, luxurious room that is a shared king suite for BFFs. And if you want it, it's there. Otherwise, it's you have to email us to be out of the waitlist because it's essentially sold out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be beautiful. It's November 1st through 6th in Costa Rica. We hope to see you there. And it's going to be fun and educational. And you're probably going to leave there feeling like your most badass, sensual, sexy, rejuvenated self. I know, they, I know self. people will. Oh, yeah. And you have a it's lot Revolva of good owners, friends.
1: and it's going to be fantastic. Just check it out. Go to shamelesssex.com. Check out the retreat. At least get some... Information because and yeah,
0: watch your video come and hang out with us but do do the poll first and then do that okay ready for the next question we're giving everyone homework you're such an educator Amy. oh my god I am like I'm such like an can I already Netflix and chill god. we're almost there god. okay so ready my husband is obsessed with sharing me He has this hot wife fantasy where he wants me to be with someone bigger than him and then he wants me to confess all the details while he reclaims me. It's not something I desire or I'm comfortable with. Is this part of him that I'm supposed to accept? I think it's really a lot to ask for a woman. Please help. So, I love this sex question, uh, because I love some, uh, out of the box thinking the way that your partner wants you to go fuck someone else and then come home. Someone else is bigger than him and then come home and talk all about it and confess the details. And then he gets to reclaim you in some sort of experience that sounds like it, it entails hot sex, but you're feeling uncomfortable with it. So my questions are, well, not questions, first statement, Your discomfort is valid and important. You don't have to do fucking shit about this desire or fantasy. And if you have some openness to it and you're saying you're uncomfortable, is it about being with other people in general? is it about that you come home and confess about it to him? And it's like this confession, like I did this and like the experience of that emotional sharing or repercussions. But it sounds like the, and it sounds like the repercussions are he reclaims you. So that's like, I own you and your mine territorial dominance thing, which I personally would find kind of hot, but like that's not for everyone. Like what about it is the most uncomfortable? Your answer could be, All of it. It could honestly be every aspect. I don't want to have sex with someone other than my husband. I don't want to have sex with someone bigger than him. I don't want to come home and say this person is bigger and better. And then now you get to reclaim me and give all the details or like some little pieces there. But I'm just curious, what is the most uncomfortable for you when he shares his fantasy with you? You say you think it's a lot to ask of a woman. I mean, if my partner told me to do that, I'd be like... All right. Like that sounds like a pretty fun mission or journey, but that's me. And I can honestly tell you most of the women I know would likely disagree with me. They would they would agree with you and not be comfortable with that. But I'm a different person so a lot to ask of a woman a lot to ask of you me different but for most women probably or a lot at least i'll say what about you chip would you do it
1: uh i think i would want to educate myself and we had an episode number 300 with dr lee who wrote a book on called insatiable wives and I think that because me knowledge is power is power and it's kind of like the reading rainbow era maybe where I'm like I'm going to read Oh this is the
0: cuckolding episode. The cuckolding and hotwifing. Yeah, and
1: so he's it was, an expert. He's is an expert and it was it, his book's called Insatiable Wives Women Who Stray and the Men Who Love Them and it was the first book to examine cuckolding and um hotwifing and there's stats to back a lot of his, if he did research and the episode number 300, it's, it's awesome. We recorded that a a, a while back and I think researching it first and foremost, however, you don't have to accept anything. No, if you're uncomfortable or your desire isn't matched with, with the desire of your partner, I think that's something to look at. And you have to, I, I think if you do research and you understand, the fact of being with a with another dude that's bigger than, than your partner is an interesting concept. I was wondering: is it tall? Is it wider? Like I was like, looking yeah, at all of these mean? things. what does that I mean? Yeah, I like think bigger a, I think cock, cock Yeah, is that? Is like, I
0: wasn't thinking cock. I was thinking like stature. Oh, I was thinking cock. Oh, see, so I go
1: straight to like a it different. It sounds thing. like
0: it sounds like there is the, the hot wifing thing, and then there is a little bit of like this because hot wifing ne- doesn't necessarily mean the cuckold thing of like I want to do someone that's bigger and better. I'm doing air yeah. quotes with better. Yeah. Um, at least from what Doctor Lee shared. With us, Whereas cuckolding is more like the humiliation of it, but, but like, I don't, and they're not even saying humiliation, but like, I want you to go fuck someone bigger than me, then come home, confess. What does confess mean? Like, I'm so sorry I did this thing, dear, uh, dear husband. And then he gets to reclaim you as his. I mean, to me again, sounds really hot, but like, that's me. And like April said, if that's not your jam or if some part of that's not your jam, and you're having a hard no to that. You need to honor that. That's why I think education comes in. And right? and and also maybe mild explorations. You know, like what if you start this with watching porn with someone who has a huge fucking cock and you are, you know, using then you go to a sex shop and you buy like a dildo that matches that huge cock. And you're using that on yourself while your partner watches, and you have that porn playing in the background. So everything that that guy with a huge cock and the porn is saying is as if like you're the other the person being penetrated. And you're using the dildo on yourself along those lines, and he's watching you. And you're testing out the waters in this way that doesn't involve other people. You know, there's so many like ways, to, or you know, can't we talk about this like cam sex, where you could you know hire someone, but it's just online. There's so many ways to, like dip your toes in and if you're a hard no, you're a hard no.
1: Sometimes fantasy has to remain in fantasy. It sounds like he's
0: saying though that like this is beyond his fantasy. So then the other thing is if you're a hard no, how does he get to explore this fantasy? Is it him hiring someone You know, a sex worker, whether it's in person online to fulfill fulfill this? Uh, Is it just from porn? Is it reading erotica? Is there a way that you can role play this without other entities or people? You know, is there a way that he can fill his own fantasy cup without? you actually being a part of this. This is all very open and open exploration. We don't have the perfect answer on obviously, but this is a conversation and something for you too to figure out on your own about how important it is.
1: And that's a lot of the sex questions that we get when people, there's a dynamic with, especially with long-term partnerships where one partner wants one thing, the other partner doesn't know how to, where they fit in with this fantasy or how they should navigate it. So I think it does come down to really investigating and getting clear on the expectations and making a list or making some sort of visual, uh, whether it's a whiteboard or a PowerPoint, I don't know, whatever you're into, write it down and write down what your, what your yeses, nos, and maybes are, which the menu piece, which we've talked about so many times in the show. And then if that is something that is a hard no for you, As soon as you learn more about it, don't rule it out just by like watching porn or something and learning about hot
0: hot wiping. Porn is not the best example. But even within this, you could do yes, no, maybe, but like narrow it down to this hot wiping thing. So like hot wiping, and then what is a yes? A yes could be watching porn. A no could be actually doing this with another person. A maybe could be using the dildo while watching porn. And if it is with
1: another person, you could get really specific about who that person is maybe it's a random person maybe you go on a trip somewhere and find a person or maybe you're online together there's so many different that's the thing this is a web that you can weave and it's so vast it's your own story
0: i would get clear for this person we get clear on on what april said your yes no maybe Then talk to your partner about that and see where you can fit and match there along the way. Episode
1: 300 would be helpful. Yeah. Dr. Lee is awesome. Dr. Lee. Okay. So you ready for a bio? I love a good bio. All right. Dr. Kevin Chu and Dr. Justin Dubin specialize in male fertility and men's sexual medicine. Together, they created the Man Up podcast, a doctor's guide to men's health. They've been published in multiple papers on both male infertility and sexual health and have been quoted in the New York Times, USA Today, Insider, and Men's Health. To learn more, go to
0: themanuppod.com. All right, everyone. So it's interview time, but I just have to say we were already talking about Avaz Deferin's (laughs) Already a hard one. And I was like, is that the tube that you snip when you get into vasectomy? And so wait, there's two of them, and there's one to each ball. Dr. Dubin here, Dr. Justin Duby, Dr. Kevin Chu, Dr. kevito Chu. Welcome right. to All the right. show. <laughs> <Kavito> <laughs> Chu. Just Please, just up. Please tell us about the tubes. And this is not the vasectomy episode, but there's two tubes.
2: There are two tubes one tube that goes to each ball and it carries your sperm right on out. So if you're getting a vasectomy, you really want to make sure that thing is not connected. Right, Justin? <laughs> right. I mean,
4: listen, there's two of them, so make sure you get both of them in the vasectomy. <laughs> that's the big one. And, uh, yeah, it's basically the highway, you know, connects the balls to the outside world, and that's what we're cutting, that vast so we- deferens... Ten tens The second. vast second. The
0: vast difference. So when, you, okay. when you're, so when you're, you're snipping the vast difference, does it affect anything else in the, the cock owners being, oh, it's just sperm moving and that's it. There's nothing else that is blocking when you cut that.
2: No, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't affect your testosterone, doesn't affect your erections, doesn't affect your sperm vo- or semen volume. Yeah. It just stops the sperm from going
4: out and that that's the goal. You're basically right? shooting blanks. That's about it. Everything so else is the same
1: there's no hormones there's no uh side effects there's no pimples or weight gain or (laughs) nasty stuff that happens to you every month that you want to cry or crawl into a ball at all are you you talking about women
3: go
0: there oh i'm I'm sorry oh oh okay great so just I'm wanted gonna... to just wanted to
4: be fine. <laughs> and so, okay, Confirm, and, confirmed confirmed yes yeah,
0: okay <laughs> and then and then just so okay so these two so so and i think we talked about this dr doobie uh when, when we did the vasectomy episode which is a huge hit uh we still talk about scrotox and blue we, balls all the time yes. scrotox. Yeah. scrotox yeah we asked him like a scrotox real? if you all have never heard of it go listen to the episodes the vasectomy episode on shameless sex uh but i think one of the questions was when you get a vasectomy you're cutting these tubes but there's still some spermies hanging on the balls, right? Are they just like free flowing into the skins, or like where are they going? Don't they go somewhere still, or is it cauterized maybe so they get trapped? Can you save them?
4: <laughs> is there a foundation? I mean, for actually, so what actually happens is the same thing as if you just don't come for a while. They just sit in your balls and they eventually die. And sperm, just like all cells in your body, have a life cycle. You know, they they die, and when they die, they just get absorbed back into your body and more yeah. sperm come and they hang
2: out. They can also form a little bit of a of a sperm graveyard in some guys. You know, you can feel yeah. a little ball there. Uh kind of it's kind of where we kind of like that that highway ends, but you know, I call, I tell guys that's a sperm graveyard cuz that that's kind of unfortunate <laughs> I like when that. they go to die, but it kind of forms a little ball. Some guys kind of feel it and they're like, "Oh, what is this?" and it's kind of strange. Uh but I you know, I reassure them, "Yeah, it's it's just kind of where the sperm die." And it's holy totally fine.
0: Is that like a temporary ball? Is that like you have a permanent ball for a while? Like it's like a lump, little mini lump? Lump? Yeah, 7%, it's like a mini lump. About
4: seven percent. About seven percent of people develop it. It's called the sperm granuloma, is the technical term. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, some people it, it shows up because it's a back pressure yeah. and it disappears. Some people feel it's like the size of a pea. It's not painful but I like that. I'm going to use that, Kevin, is The it, sperm, graveyard. Yeah, sperm, it. Use, sperm graveyard. So
1: is it, is it located? This is, this episode is not about this at all. This yeah, is okay. our opening <laughs> well, episode, yeah. but I just need to know one more thing while you're here. Is it, does it live near the testicles or outside the scrotum region?
0: Like is it connected?
1: Is it in your perineum? Where is this thing in your ass? It's in your and ass. Where, yes. It's, where it, it's, how can we access this
3: graveyard? I didn't Never think so. I think it's on the balls. Yeah.
4: Um, it's actually so it's actually uh, in your vas. it's uh, at the oh. edge of where we cut the vas deference, right? so there's we cut oh. it, so there's a testicle end and then there's the what we call the abdominal end. And so where that cut tied burned end of the vas is, it's the stop gap for all the sperm it can't go anywhere. so that's where wow. you know when you ejaculate it kind of just goes until it can't go any further. <laughs> can, wait, can we just can we does. call you with
1: any penis questions ever like yeah. at three Always. in the morning I'll be like, Hey,
0: what's with Doctor Kevin, yeah.
1: Doctor Dubin Hey, hello. Either of you, are you available? What's happening with this? There's a cock thing that I have that I need to know we got, we got about. Absolutely. Kevin on uh, West Coast time and yeah,
4: Dooman yeah. on Kevin East Coast, West Coast time. Yeah, East Coast, so you're perfect.
0: So I, lo- so I just want to say yes. I love the sperm graveyard. Uh, <laughs> there's things so, I'm seeing, like oh, there's nowhere to go. I guess we go to sleep now. Bye bye. Um, <laughs> very cute. Uh, So uh, for our listeners who um, are obviously listening, and and some of them or a lot of them have already listened to past episodes, so they're aware of Dr. Doobie over here, who's been on our show multiple times. Uh, Dr. Kevin, Dr. Kevin Chu, um, is new to our show, but we guested on your show, the Man Up Pod, which is super fun. So and after that, we're like, we need you both on our show. Uh, So we're so happy to have you here. And our listeners already heard a little bit about both of you in the bio. They're both in scrubs too. Yeah, and they're wearing wearing scrubs. You're not watching on YouTube. Or Instagram. Don't say
1: you don't want no scrubs Because well, no. I can tell you, you <laughs> want to see it.
0: these scrubs.
4: Yeah, uh, we look good. They
0: look damn good. Oh, yeah. Alright, anyways. Uh, so, um, back to business. Uh, so, even though our listeners have heard a little bit about you in the bio, can you please share a little bit more of the background about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality?
4: Yeah,
2: Kevin, you want to start? And you want to start.
4: <laughs> okay, I'll outside, start. Outside. <laughs> uh, I'll start, I'll sorry. So, once again, my name is uh, uh, Dr. Justin Dubin. I'm a, a urologist down in South Florida at Memorial Healthcare System. Uh, basically, I wanted to get into sexual medicine. Um, kind of, it started when I went to med school. I was unsure what I wanted to do. But prior to that, I, I found myself working in urology at Cornell on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I thought it was really cool. I had no idea what urology was at the time. I ended ended up going to med school, had urology still on my mind, and I ended up applying. I went to the University of Miami for my residency, where I actually met Kevin, um, and we were co-residents. And we both really got into men's health, male infertility there. I ended up going to do a specialty uh, fellowship training for one year at Northwestern, where I specialized in male infertility and sexual medicine. I wanted to come back to Florida, so I moved back to South Florida here. I'm a men's health doctor uh, where I specialize in those things. And really what I think got me into men's health, male infertility, is the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today is this stigma. I love having this challenge of getting guys to talk about things that they think about, they want to talk about, but for whatever reason, they just don't and it, it's it's often often a challenge and it's really fun to destigmatize these conversations because as we're going to learn and i think i've said this every time that uh i've been on this podcast is the key here is that sexual health is health it's a sign of a potential health problem or it's uh you know a signal that something is going to be potentially brewing down the line so sexual health um you know we have a good time and it's fun and it's a great topic to talk about but it is something that you should take him seriously, and um, kind of piecing that together with men's health is is just something that I've always been interested in, and passionate about. That's how I'm here.
2: That was beautiful,
3: Justin. Yeah,
2: that was so beautiful.
3: Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <well, Kevin. laughs>
2: so, uh, yeah, my name is Dr. Kevin Chu. Uh, I'm a private practice urologist down here in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I uh, you know met Justin in Miami, and we had a beautiful time there. It was really beautiful. Uh, but you know, for many of the same things that he said is, you know, very much the same reason why I got into sexual medicine, you know, this stigma, you know, like guys not wanting to talk about it. I, I, you know, I really embrace that challenge and I'm not going to lie. I love those conversations I have with my patients. You know, when they sit there, I can tell they're like, you know, not want to talk about it. And I just go like, yo man, we're going to, we're just going to say whatever you want here. It's a safe space. You want to talk about your penis? Let's talk about your penis, you know? And I I love that. It's fun. I find so much satisfaction in it. And most importantly, I feel like I'm really helping out with like a quality of life thing, you know? You know, so much is, you know, caught in like, hey, we got to treat the disease, you know, treat the cancer. But, you know, quality of life is extremely important. And so, you know, that's what I really embrace. And that's why I love, you know, you know, partaking in sexual medicine and trying to get people better. Mm
1: -hmm. I love that. And your Man Up podcast is... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Incredible. And talking Thank to two guys. educated mm-hmm. dudes, I don't get a lot of access to that.
3: Oh <laughs> sorry, saying, Santa. I'm, you know. I'm
1: just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, that was not even meaning to be. Me. I I just love speaking to you both because talking about sex with even educated dudes that don't talk about sex can be this other level oh, you, of weird like, ultimate, like brilliant
0: so, ceo yes. tech, and
1: it's like and they're like anatomy they're like, I'm like, penis i'm <laughs> like obviously you're a literary scholar no. right okay no. there we go Sorry. so uh that being said i'm not i'm not shaming anyone out there fuck and i sound like such a dick
4: but you know what
1: <laughs> um <laughs> uh i love penis owners I love a penis in general and we talked about this even before we started recording and that we had to start recording because it was like this is too good we need to start I was like okay yeah let's do it we were talking some creative we were ideas, some good creative ideas. ideas yeah. which we're not going to talk about right now yeah. however uh but we, I just like want to preface this first question with my my adoration for uh, humans and specifically penis owners as well I do love Learning about the functionality of of penis owners, and also the there's so many things that we have. Like as a vulva owning human, I have that I, I feel like my my friends that have cocks or dudes. I'm like, yo, you have no idea. So that's just the you know. This is, I'm just prefacing it because. We're going to dive into some things.
0: But we have no idea about their dick. So there you go. We
1: don't know. And I'm not asking because I'm not a doctor. I can't have to see it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) let me see your cough. Let me see what (laughs) problems you have. (laughs) Let's do a blood panel right here. I'm not a phlebotomist either. So why do you think it's hard for penis owners to talk about their health problems? I don't know if this is just with anyone,
0: but with their doctors as well. Yeah. This is a hard conversation, right? Yeah.
2: Well, you know... (sighs) You know, there, there's a there's a male stereotype. You know, like you know, men will not ask uh, for directions even if lost, right? They just won't ask for directions. And you know, I, there's many parallels to that. And uh, you know, first I'll kind of talk about. Look, there's data. There's data on this. Uh, the British did a survey in 2018, and they basically showed that you know only 35 percent of men would go seek help from you know when they experience a health problem, and I, I believe it was around like 50 percent in women. Now you go to the other side of the world, down under in Australia. 2016, they did a similar study, and they found that many men were just reluctant to talk about their health. You know, they don't want to talk, they don't want to burden others, and you know, they thought it affected their masculinity. Uh, another survey, 2018, showed that about 66% of men they they measured here were not comfortable discussing their health concerns. So you know, there's study after study that shows that guys just don't want to talk about this. And, uh, you know, I think Just we'll kind of talk about why there's a reluctance. Yeah, to kind of see, I
4: mean, you know? it, it's kind of exactly what Kevin says. You know, Kevin and I, we call this the directions problem, or I call it the IKEA problem. Where, <laughs> have,
3: that sounds
1: about right. what we do,
4: right? I'll go to IKEA. I'm going to buy some kind of furniture. I'm not looking at the directions. I'm actually just trying to build this shit, okay? That's just the way I am. I, I, I I, you could get it done. I got confidence in you, I'm not going to get it done. It's actually what <laughs> really happens. I'm going to hire someone. Like, can, can you str- come over and do this for me? <laughs> so you struggle for an hour, you struggle for two hours, and then you finally go to the directions. And that's what guys do a lot for their health, right? Because there's this societal expectation of men and masculinity, I, you know. Men, they're going to fix this problem. I'm going to fix the shed. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix my health. You know, there's this stigma that, you know, guys picture themselves like they see on TV. It's all over social media, it's all over, you know, television. You got these jack dudes. They're fertile, they're strong, they got beards. (laughs) And then, you know, if something goes wrong, you kind of don't look like that in your mind. You look like Steve Urkel or you will look like McLovin instead. Oh, and so McLovin. Uh, hey, McLovin. we all love
0: McLovin. <laughs>
4: Congratulations,
0: McLovin is killing engaged. it. He's a slayer. Come he on. He's just, got engaged. He
4: just got engaged. He saw it in the, in the NBA the basketball yeah. game. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so there's, you know, do we
1: know his real name? Nope.
4: He'll always know, be known as McLovin, know. okay, which fine. is <laughs> fucked
1: up. I think it's
4: something Mince
1: Platt's. Maybe uh, it right. doesn't but, matter because I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. McLovin. A nice Jewish man, you know. It's <laughs> McLovin for I would get that on my license if I were him.
3: Yeah.
4: absolutely. But so you know, it's this idea that guys they don't want their friends, their family, you know, society in general to have this this weaker, emasculin vision of them. And there's another combination of this lack of awareness or knowledge of their health issues. You know, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, guys don't sometimes talk about this with their friends, so if they think it's just a common thing that everyone goes through, you know, we hear it all the time. Oh, you know, I'm just getting older. It is what it is, and that's really not often actually the case. And sometimes guys don't communicate the way like their their you know their counterparts do, and and we need to do a better job, and we need to destigmatize these conversations so that they know that it's okay. People have these problems we can fix them, but we can't mm-hmm. fix them if you can't. So if you have to read the
1: Ikea instructions. Read the instructions.
4: <laughs> it. There it is. Or
0: Let's just, just go hire there. someone else to do it. Yeah, hire someone grabbing. else to go- Meaning go yeah. to the doctor, listen to the yes. podcast, read the books. It okay. all ties in. So I'm I'm curious though, so say someone doesn't read the instructions and they just like put the old oh IKEA God. thing on the side and the instructions are hanging out and they don't do anything about it and the problem can, just keeps on going because they can't, they're, now they don't have a dresser for the clothes to go in and keeps building and building. No, the dresser just won't close. It just hangs no, out. No, they don't right. have a dresser. It's all there in fucking pieces. Oh, yeah. Anyways, right. so what can go wrong if they don't acknowledge the problems that they're having they're not seeking help like, what are some of the worst case or like semi worst case scenarios that you see in the medical world?
2: Well, I mean, Amy, you kind of really just touched upon it. You know, it just it, it persists, right? And I'll tell you, as a surgeon, I know Justin and I like the patients, the guys that we see. That that problem's been sitting there, and it's just been just progressing, right? And the thing that happens with health is that when things progress, you start losing access to some of the things that could have helped. Prevent it from progressing, right? And so time is of essence, and so that's why what we stress on our podcast. is always like, "Yo, you you got an issue? You think something's going on? You got to go get go seek help," you know. And um, and, and so that that is a really important point. Some things that can kind of progress, you know, as Justin said earlier in his intro, you know, sexual health is health, right? So sexual problems may be a warning sign, or a result of some other health issues like diabetes, infections, heart problems, and you don't relate that with, you know, your penis not working. So, you know, those are some of the things that may happen, these progression of other medical issues, uh, if you don't really go seek help.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's just exactly what Kevin said, you know, the worst case scenario is you die. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah, simple. There you go. Yeah, there very it is. <laughs> just to summarize that, right, like, erectile dysfunction is what we call the canary in the coal mine for heart disease. Um, so, you know, you are at a higher risk for a heart attack, stroke, things like that. Um, we know that, People, uh, you know, diabetes uh, causes erectile dysfunction. I, I, Kevin and I have diagnosed so many people who've never seen a doctor. You know, it's one of those scenarios where, hey, uh, this guy, he's obese. He's in his 50s. He's, hes I'm like, hey... Um, when was the last time you seen the doctor? He's like, oh, like 40 years ago. I was like, how many medical problems do you have? He's like, no, I'm good. I've got no problems. Like, well, it's because you haven't gone in 40 years. So I see him and I order all these labs. I'm like, dude, you got like florid diabetes. I think you, like, you got to go to a cardiologist. And these are things that we see all the time. Why? Because guys, like Kevin said, they delay, delay, delay. And unfortunately, you know, there's a fortunate aspect and there's an unfortunate aspect going quickly. There are things that can be reversed, you know, but if you go too long, it's irreversible. And a lot of the things that we often hear is I wish I came in sooner. And they're often surprised that we can help them with the issues and quite readily help them.
1: Mm. This is this is prevention. Where, where it's maximized when it comes to health, because people always talk about preventative health care and doing all these things. Wh- well, now they are. That
0: was I, before it was like... It was,
1: it's you? also been yeah. something that my mom was always like, go to the dentist every six months That's so you don't smart. get a cavity. Yeah. Or But I never did a physical health check because I always had the attitude of, I'm a healthy human. I exercise. Right. I eat well. I don't, you know, I'm not like out in the streets like... like panhandling for garbage to eat. Like, I think I'm pretty healthy, right? There's so many different scenarios that are more prevalent these days where people, and God forbid, if you don't have access to healthcare and that's a different conversation podcast, I hope that you do. And I hope that you out there, if you are able to listen that you can access some sort of medical attention if you are suffering from something. But if you have the ability to be preventative, mm-hmm. please do that. And I, I know that because my father is 70 now and he always had access to... He's like, he, he's, he's a you-can-do. Dad the same. My dad, and yeah. The, he was like... I'm Arr. a doctor in 40. And he basically he, like he, <laughs> like, he <laughs> felt like he's like, I'm a tank, I'm a dude. I'm and and you like, like
0: uh, no, you got other problems. I don't
1: feel comfortable <laughs> enough asking about his cock function. But if I did, I would be like, bro, I don't know what's happening there. And that's an
0: interesting thing, too. Because what you all are saying is that, and we talked about this with, with Dr. Doobie before, and probably on your show, too, was that people, we compartmentalize health issues, right? So if I have a yes. dick problem, it's just a dick problem. And I don't see it as a heart problem or connected to my brain right. or other organs. But so, like, you know, our dad's not, might be like, my dick works just fine. So I'm healthy. But so really, everything's good. Yeah. Or my dick doesn't work that well, but I'm healthy. And it could be like, okay. So that could be related to, major other right. things that would be worthy of being addressed at some point in life. I honestly think like when we're 30 and up, we should be getting regular blood panels. That's seeing a,
1: this is what my point is. Yeah. What, exactly what you're saying. Because I, I, I'm doing fine. I am finally, I'm 40 and I'm finally starting to uh, really assess how I am, even though I'm still really healthy people, I get like blood tests and like, you're very healthy. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. And thank you. Physically healthy is great. However, you can't trust WebMD for everything. Correct first of all. And second of all, people need to assess the, the examine you, a a doctor, a medical professional. Um, I'm not going to be examining anyone. I'm not a medical professional. So
0: we examine me though. We're in the age of, (laughs) yes, sure. I'm
1: sure we'll, and I'll Google it. Thank you. We're in the age though, where people, they do rely on internet intervention slash, or, or, or uh, diagnoses. So why is searching for things like, my dick can't get hard, or I have a lump in my balls on the internet. Why could this be a problem?
4: Alright, so I'm going to take this one because I am incredibly passionate
2: Justin about is the master of this.
4: He's done a lot of
2: studies on this. can't get
0: hard master. Yeah.
2: He's done a lot of Googling, so he knows. He knows exactly.
0: <laughs> <I'm> just
1: clarifying. <laughs> He's like, I read the IKEA instructions and I'm going to break this down for you right
3: now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so but, but uh, the internet you know, is good, but it's also a big problem. So, you know, in 2022, 80% of US adults used at least one social media site. 72% of adults uh, use the internet for researching health information. So that's pretty much everyone, right? And for the longest time, we always talked about at least doctors, uh, we we always said our biggest competition is Dr. Google, Dr. Google. But we actually now it's it's kind of shifted. It's now Dr. TikTok, Dr. YouTube, Dr. Instagram. In fact, a recent study came out, and and I, I found this mind-blowing, which kind of concerning was um Americans before they if they have a health problem, before they go talk with a doctor, 33% of Americans go to YouTube for health information, 20% go to TikTok, uh, 37% of Americans. Uh, turn to influencers online for health advice because they think they were more accessible uh, and trustworthy than doctors. And this is the, the one that's really problematic. 50% of Americans have purchased health products after seeing an ad on social media. So pretty much everyone is buying shit. And now this is the problem, uh, right? Now, we've done studies um, looking at health information, specifically in men's health topics, on Instagram and TikTok. There's a lot of great studies by some of my colleagues on YouTube, on female health, on, on all all kinds of, of urological health and, uh, and all spectrums. And in general, the information is very, very bad. In fact, most of the most popular videos are the least accurate videos. And the problem is because most of this content is not being made by healthcare professionals. They're being made by random people who we kind of you know they're they're pushing a product. They're pushing they're something in they're scrubs. Pushing.
1: They're dressed in scrubs. They're like, they hey, not, you
4: they guys. Guys. Not, not, not you guys. No, not you guys. But <laughs> I'm saying
1: they're
0: like, hey, look at well, me. But a, uh, I uh, feel like when people have when it. when there's a brand behind it, and it's not that you can't be. You know, like you, Doctor Doobie be and Doctor Chew over here with a brand too. Because I believe in building your brand. But right. like you can tell when someone first and foremost is pushing a, a product. And yeah, so that's that's scary. Yeah. But the propaganda yeah. is scary because they show you all these before and afters, which
1: sucks me right, <laughs> in my April's right. Before that's and off. after I'm like, this is your clip before you buy this medicine. But I've never bought medicine <laughs> online. Let me tell I you. Have, no. I no, I freaked out. When I was in I med
4: school, not. I bought raspberry ketones from Dr. Oz. I remember that and being <laughs> like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, I remember being like, this is going to cure my weight. I'm going to lose weight. And I remember being like, I'm an idiot. Why did God. I buy this? This was dumb. Damn I was it, in Dr. med Oz. school too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so I mean like marketing,
1: I, we gotta, we gotta call Dr.
4: Oz. Yeah. What did he
3: do right there?
4: <laughs> hey, <laughs> no comment. You don't don't pay pay being so yeah. but, but the thing is, you know, at best in these situations, you're wasting your money. You're burning a hole in your wallet. At worst, you're, you're, spending money you're you're harming your your health by using a product that either doesn't work or hurts you or you're doing some kind of practice that someone online recommends that don't they don't know what the hell they're doing so you know it could be time consuming it could harm your health and uh, it could harm your wallet so these are all big big problems and you know it can get overwhelming because that was social media but the, there's other problems out there right you know online media articles As good as most of them are, can also be a problem. And um, you know, every day there's an article. It comes out. Eggs are bad for you. Eggs are good for you. I have no idea whether eggs are good or bad for you. The same thing. An article I saw today. It was like. Having a drink of alcohol a day is great for you. Everyone else is saying you drink alcohol, you're going to die. So, what well, have She's to April and I cheers into
0: yeah. that right there—die uh, yeah. anyway. I'll Not days, Doctor Dubin. Can you, you write a script for this here. white, white. Yeah, I am? <laughs> Mod- moderation, everyone. And we're also yes, fine. whatever. Eggs are good for some people, not good for some I'm people. I'm allergic to eggs, and I still love the fuck yeah. out of eggs. Or <laughs> don't wrong. even get her started with cheese. Sorry
4: the point is you know like you have to understand the media is is searching for clicks we're all searching for clicks and there was actually a really interesting study a few years ago where what they did is they looked at online media articles that described research articles and what they found was pretty concerning they found that you know 48% of these media media art, articles used language that was too strong to describe the study conclusions so they were sensationalizing study conclusions and and kind of making them a bigger deal than they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that same study showed that 58% of the media articles actually inaccurately reported the study results, questions, interventions, and the actual populations. So not only were the results being sensationalized, they weren't even describing the studies correctly. They weren't so,
1: accurate at all. That's mm-hmm. so right. fucked. Absolutely skewed. So yeah.
4: so it's pretty it's pretty dangerous out there. And and that's why it's really Important. The internet can be a good place, but it can be very confusing. It can be very misleading and potentially dangerous for your health. So you really have to be careful out there. And that's why, you know, if you see something, before you do something about it, maybe talk to your healthcare provider.
0: And that was, yeah. so that was going to be the next question that we had, but which I think you kind of already answered it. But so, so like, is there, so you said, talk to your healthcare providers, so maybe this is the answer instead of going on to the internet to go and find all the information, if but you don't
1: like your healthcare provider, or you don't though, have yeah. access. like sometimes but, your healthcare provider could be like a person that you're like, I don't even know this person. And there's people who have access <laughs> sure. to
0: the, the internet who don't have access to a healthcare yeah. provider or do Very not feel fair. comfortable seeing someone in person. So is there a safe way to get accurate information online? Like what's the best approach to that?
2: yeah you know so as as a doctor i always tell my patients look you got to be active in the process can't be passive so you can't just be sitting there letting the information just come to you and being like that's the answer that's the answer that's the answer because just like justin as we have all been saying there's exterior motives everywhere right people have some sort of agenda and so you know you know mana podcast we try to provide accurate information shameless sex podcast you guys try to provide Great access. So the resources are there, you know. Um, But, you know, for all the good resources there are, there's a lot that provide misinformation. So you really have to just, you know, if you're seeing information, there's a few questions that you got to really ask yourself, you know. So, what am I searching for? And what is my goal of looking online? You know, is it to learn about the issue, find the treatment? Am I trying to find a doctor? So that's one. The second question is who is the person that's providing the information? Is it a doctor? Is it another healthcare professional? Is it just some person off the street? You know, you got to ask these questions. You can't, can't just be like, oh, I believe them. You know, they are a person wearing scrubs, so they must be a doctor. You know. <laughs> me adjusting our doctors uh, yeah.
3: So yeah, <laughs> this, yeah yeah, yeah and if you're watching i was only saying
1: <laughs> yeah. that because people do trust people in scrubs
0: or doctors no, but the lab coats oh my it's god, god. the studies with the lab coats the, the, it's a whole thing yeah. so that's why i said that yeah yeah,
2: yeah there was that mm-hmm. there was that kid who impersonated where where, where lab coat went oh, yes. the exactly. hospital exactly
1: and he was 16 yeah. and you giving
4: medical advice yeah. That guy was addicted to it. I think he got caught like he four did. times. He did. He went to prison.
0: <laughs> he did. It's like a different form of flashing. It's like a weird, like, not weird, but sorry, I'm under the judge, but like some yeah. sort of like exhibitionist right. kind right. of, yeah, right. anyways. Yeah. 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 Well, anyways, that's not what we're talking about, but people, <laughs> but people fall for it. But don't. And so, yeah, it Just finishing. Yeah yeah.
2: Like, yeah. 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 And so, yeah, so those two things, and then there's uh, two more questions you got to ask yourself. What is the goal of that person, right? Do they have a motive? Are they here to just inform? Are they you know selling a specific product? What's the agenda? And finally, you know, what am I gonna do next? I got all this information. Doesn't mean like, all right, I have the answers. No, you should, you know, should I talk with a doctor before I actively act on this information I got? Am I gonna do more research? Talk to a friend. So there's there's many ways, many outlets, but it doesn't just, it's not passive. You gotta, you gotta be active, you know, in your own healthcare.
0: I love that. That's awesome. No I, I love when people like lay I it know. out like that. Like just like I do too. steps are like, okay, instead of just like, oh, TikTok told me. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube Uberlube. lube uber lube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy it's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it so you have control over that lube it's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety and honestly all i want it all over my body thousands of doctors in the u.s are recommending uber lube to their patients it's body friendly less likely to change the ph and it has vitamin e so it feels extra moisturizing
1: there's a reason why we've been a fan of Uberlube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair, you can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners, showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational, short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to
0: check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description.
1: You guys are such cool doctors and I know you're both very, I, I, I think you're, very attuned to dealing with like a lot of different sexual health scenarios when it comes to people's, um, people's like abilities or their, what they're striving for. And that's Atypical in my like it, when I've visited a doctor, I'm never like, let me tell you about my pussy right now. Yeah. And I, I don't because I because I have to do doctor. doctor, and half the time I'm like, I don't want you to look at anything, you know, because I I you know, my my health care it doesn't matter. We're not going to get there, but I have to, you know, you have to get in where you fit in and. Um, those doctors are harder to get to on the long run. The ones that I
0: want, I mean, that I trust, in the stirrups with like. Let me show you my pop. <laughs> Come on, get in there with that. I am like that. I'm like, can you
1: please use some Uber lube
0: because yeah. I don't want <laughs> your jack shit, shout whatever
1: out, the shout fuck out, you're out using. Shout
0: and out Uber yeah. <laughs> yeah, and <I'd> like, <laughs> i mean I know this is all just for like medical purposes, but isn't my pussy fabulous? Just have to say. <laughs> all right, continue on. I never, I never have
1: them go deeper into, but I have been told that I should be a speculum model. It's true she has oh, because wonderful. i can really hold that speculum for a long time <laughs> that came from the planned parenthood days where i had to where i couldn't afford health care <laughs> mm.
0: and she was impressed and it's now is a really nice pussy everyone.
1: basically i have strong pelvic floor <laughs> congratulations
4: muscles. congratulations yeah. Thank <laughs> you.
1: it does me justice and this is not what my question Wait, was back to the cox <laughs> definitely yes we're going <laughs> back to dicks and cox yeah because I, th- this is Dicks are not a phenomenon okay They're cocks have been here for a long time you <laughs> both are owning those and this is I love this again I every question I'm like I love your perspective like both of you and thank you Justin we've have been on the show so many times I love hearing Kevin's perspective too because uh, they're just like very aligned, but still that th- th- you have different like different You're things like to offer. Chip and dip, you are like... you guys are like shameless sex <laughs> of oh. doctors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, I digress. So how how do dudes overcome cock related health shame, for instance? Because that has to be a thing. Because I've felt it when I've been in stirrups as a vulva owner, or if there's embarrassment when it comes to addressing sexual concerns.
4: You know, I, I think this is, it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, as doctors, we forget, and I think you guys too, because we talk about it all the time. And, and and you know, when, when I see my patients, I always get perspective on this because I'm doing a physical exam. And, you know, a lot of guys, I'm like, I just need to do a genital exam. Let me see. And, and then my first line is always, listen, I know this is like the first time probably some, uh, if you are a heterosexual man for a lot of these guys, they, this is the first time another man is seeing or touching their penis. And I say, "Listen, what's this? Is normal for me? I see this all the time. You know, I'm just going to do this exam. It's completely professional." And I, I try to set the stage there. And I think that kind of, um, when I think about it that way, um, when I'm talking to patients or people who are interested in or overcome or uncomfortable about having these kinds of conversations, I think you really need to just. The, the first thing is to, to really. Go out there, educate yourself, and understand that sexual health problems are common. You know, men's health problems are common. Fifty percent, we'll get into it, but, you know, 50 percent of guys have ED. A any age, right? At any age, right? At any at
1: age 50%, Justin, right? 50 percent. That's
4: yeah, overall, 50 percent of men will have ED. You know, testosterone number is, you know, 30 percent in their 60s, 20 percent under the age of 60, you know, so so or 30 percent in 70s. So these are common health issues, you know, fertility. So, you know, chances are you're going to have something at some point. And the fact is that if you're going to have something and we can treat it, you really need to understand that being embarrassed or being ashamed about talking about something is way worse. And then living with that shame and living with that problem is way worse than going to talk to someone uh, one time about it that will probably potentially really improve your, your overall aspect of life. I mean, you know, when you think about ED, a lot of guys identify themselves with their penis. It's a very strong association with sex and their confidence, their life. You know, you know, people live their lives and, you know, they look at that or, you know, I, I'm just not being that competent person because my penis doesn't work. Uh, so it does outreach to other aspects of their life. And I think that's why they're uncomfortable about it. But, but I think that getting professional help, use, using good, accurate data, and really practicing self-compassion is, at the end of the day, you know, be kind to yourself. You know, you, you've worked hard, you've done, you've lived a long life, you've dealt with other stressors. This should be the least of your worries. And if you go talk with the doctor about it, you know, we can at least alleviate some of those problems.
0: And you all... Uh, aren't allowed to like just go and talk to all your friends and say our names as we go and see you like so-and-so's dick can't get hard right it's just like Talking to one person about HIPAA. something, yeah, HIPAA. exactly HIPAA, and it's and it's very strict for you and licensed yeah. therapists, uh, and so and it reminds me when we used to work at Pure Pleasure in the retail store of selling sex toys, and people were like oh, I'm I'm scared to go in, and we're like, you do know that like number one, if you go in there, you see one you know, they're in the sex shop too, so like you <laughs> right. have that in common, that's, that's right, it's and good then point. and. And we are not going to walk around and be like. I mean, we were at a
1: restaurant in simultaneously. I was in my twenties at working working at the sex shop, and then at a restaurant. And I'd see someone the same day. I was like bartending, but and I'm like be like you. Have hey, I wasn't, was but you yeah. yeah. <laughs> were like so uncomfortable. It'd be like with their wife or yeah. daughter. I was like, don't say. It. I'm like, you're
0: all good. And we don't yeah. have to. We're not hip up for that, but like no. you know, we're we're trained trust. in that, and yeah. there's trust in that. But like the, you know, but you all are. This is this is a safe space. Yes. where you're there to hold things. Confident. Confidential and not judge. And yes, I know people have had really hard experiences with certain doctors that do judge, like kink shaming, um, you know, certain sexual interests, or, um, and I'm doing complete air quotes, promiscuity, you know, like someone else's personal opinion. So a doctor's personal opinion about how someone else is living. Like I have, you know, chlamydia and I had 20 sexual partners without condoms. And, and, Unfortunately, uh, you know, most some of you listening be like, well, that's irresponsible. But the doctor, I would hope would be there to be more like, all right, yeah. So let's learn about how STI prevention and you know things like that, instead of like, yeah, you really fucked up and you need to change your life. Um, so I get I get that the fear piece and why some people have different experiences there. I want to bring it back though to limp dicks. I say this with love, limp dicks, everyone uh that's not a bad thing no, either i love a limp. i love, we actually had a soft cock episode so we love some soft cocks but limb yeah. is uh, our guess is one of the number one issues that um penis owning folks are coming into the doctor's office for is for erectile issues are we correct are we wrong if and if we're wrong what is the number one thing that people are coming in for for their cock or uh or men's health issues
3: No, no,
2: you're, you're absolutely correct. Limp, (laughs) dick, erectile dysfunction, (laughs) medical term, you know, and uh, I know Justin touched on the stat, but you know, you know, up to about 30% of men under 40 will have some form of erectile dysfunction, 40% of men in their forties, 50% in their fifties, 60% to 60, 70%, 70, seventies. you catch the grip, you know, it keeps increasing as the years go on. And that's, you know, the most common men's health ailment or, you know, penis issue, uh, that men have.
4: Yeah. And we, we kind of, sorry. Yeah. We, we highlighted some of the reasons why obviously age does play a role, but, you know, we talked about, you know, I think I've highlighted these things, five things you need to get an erection to go, get a good erection. I'll just quickly, Sam, cause we've spoken, spoken about it before good blood flow to your penis. Um, can be compromised by heart problems, smoking, vaping. Two, good nerves. You know, if you had surgery in your pelvis, like for a prostatectomy, if you have diabetes, if you've had spinal cord injuries, these are all things that can compromise it. Three, you need good testosterone levels. Uh, Four, you need to be aroused by your partner. And that's really a sign of, you know, relationship issues is really where that goes. And, you know, there is an aspect of that, you know, where we see guys, you know, I'm having issues with my partner, I'm having relationships, I'm not as attracted to my partner as I used to be. Unfortunately, these are things that happen in life. And then five is you need to be in a good state of mind. Robin Williams, the goat, said God gave man a brain and a penis and only enough blood to control one at a time. So if you're stressed, you're anxious, or sometimes if you are treated for anxiety or depression, you have erectile dysfunction, and that's something that we need you to see. So mental health also plays a role here. So that's kind of why.
0: When people come in your office and they talk about erectile stuff, is there just a way, other than their conversation with you about it, that you can measure any anything that like in the office, is there a way that you can actually see like the strength of blood flow in like in real time? Or is it just a conversation that you're having with people? Because we don't have cocks, so we I don't don't really know how Good that works. Question.
2: That's that's an excellent question, actually. So you know, the way we kind of measure differences or like kind of see, like, you know, do you have mild erectile dysfunction, moderate? So one of the things that we really base it off is off surveys. So we there's a survey, a questionnaire that guys can fill out that we can kind of give them kind of a little bit of a, you know, quantitative measure, like kind of, this is where you fall. Um, that's uh, the a penile Doppler, which is basically where yeah. we actually induce an artificial erection. We basically take a needle, stick it in their penis and we you know, get an erection and we basically measure the blood flow going in and the blood flow going out. And we kind of have. Where do some you threshold. stick
1: it? Like just in the shaft? Like where? I need a visual. <laughs> right,
2: right at the base of the penis, Sorry. right about the nine okay. o'clock or three position. All right. Okay. Yeah. All
1: right. I just uh, want to know because I was at least yeah, yeah. do do
0: this like pointing like, in, like the base the of the
1: the right now. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. um, not in the I holes holes off Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just needed
1: to know. Okay. So you're injecting something there? Okay. Got it. So I know this is so. This is yeah. So yeah,
2: you inject it. It's it's an artificial erection, and or I guess it's an induced erection at that point. And yeah, we can measure the blood flow in and out. And uh, that can kind of give us an idea of, you know, what's kind of going on. Are you like not being able to keep the blood in your penis, or there's not enough penis uh, or enough no enough uh, blood <laughs> flow no coming into the penis? So yeah, there's there's uh, those are like the main tests that we do uh, oh, wow.
1: for erectile dysfunction. I had no idea. Okay, and then so uh, obviously mental health is. It's not even a buzzword or words anymore. It's something that is becoming at the top of the roster for folks to talk about, which I am grateful for because I think that it ha- it, it. probably should have been more uh, considered before it was almost too late. It was never socially acceptable where right. I grew up. It was like, you fucking toughen up yeah. and you don't worry about stuff. Right. And, right. and mental health has such an effect on folks, sex drive on their capacity for what they can do. Even if it's self-pleasuring or pleasuring with partners or partner or, like or eating yourself or, every day, or feeding yourself, <laughs> but we're, we're keeping this solely towards sex right now because that's a whole different floodgate that we can't open where we don't have enough time to open we could open right. it however that being said people sometimes forget that their largest sex organ is their brain uh, right i and love
4: that i've not used that that's a
1: guy. good one that's oh, great
0: that's, that's one oh, that, oh, yes. use that. That's an important one so when
1: things aren't operating properly here or you're on medication that fucks with your chemistry in your brain and your bits, your cock isn't working how you want it to, or you're in, in for sake of this, like I, I have a vagina, everyone knows that. When it doesn't work, you're like, yo, I'm on. I like people are on SSRIs that can that yep. can really affect their their um their they inhibit serotonin reuptake inhibitors or something.
0: What yeah, affecting libido desire, yeah. arousal. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it affects your libido and arousal. So penis owners specifically can see that. So what I'm getting to is talking about mental health and then medications that people have to be prescribed these days. And if they're finding themselves with this lower sex drive and incapacitated because they still want to have pleasure, what are solutions for those folks out there? What do you suggest
4: so, you know, first off, you know, mental health is obviously a big issue. Um, statistically, we know annually, like about 6 million men in the United States will experience depression. 12% of men will experience an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Um, and in about 2020, I think about 15% of men in the US had a substance abuse disorder. So obviously. What was that, uh, substance, last number? Subs, oh, substance, yeah. substance abuse. 15% what was su- of men okay, in, 15. in 2020. One five, one five. Okay. Um, so obviously, the chances are you, someone you know, a family member, a friend, has some kind of mental health issue. Also, a very interesting thing that happened, and and we've already talked about how it can impact your erections, um, there was a study that came out during COVID showing that Viagra and Cialis sales had skyrocketed during COVID, right. and there was two theories on it that one, that people were stuck at the house and so they were just fucking all the time and way more, or two, that people were having high anxiety, way more depression, and they mm-hmm. needed the medications to get it up. So, you know, there is a correlation here. Something's going on. And um, for the people, unfortunately, who are treated and they did their their the right thing and they got t- help um, and they're having issues with low libido, low sex drive, you know, in general... Um, I don't. I, I think Kevin. And I agree here, and I would love Kevin's opinion here too. In general, I do. Unfortunately, you know, we don't manipulate the SSRIs, the antidepressants. You know, that's being managed by a psychiatrist. And what I often do recommend, and we do live in a great time where there's so many different antidepressants um, that you know. Often, I say, "Listen, go talk to your psychiatrist. Tell them about this, this, and this." Because often, I, you know, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know how often they're asking those questions about their sex. So I'm not going to, I mean, like, I'm sure they do, but sometimes, you know, there's give and take and you say, listen, I want to try a different one. Let's try a different route. Um, But there are also potential medications that we're starting to learn about that are in in addition to increase your libido, your sex drive. Uh, What do you you think, Kev?
2: Yeah, no, I think you put it, uh, you put it well, basically, you know, the way you approach these issues look when i talk about sex i always go like it's a biopsychosocial right there's the biological aspect where you know justin and i can really help from like getting the blood flow in but then you know it's multidisciplinary we got to work with the psychiatrist be like hey you know this guy you know yeah he's he's on these ssris you know it's helping him but his quality of life has been diminished from the sexual aspect so like how can we work together? And, you know, they specialize in that. So, you know, they're going to offer their expertise and we'll kind of try to see how we can kind of work with them and try to work together. And then from a mental aspect, you know, I, I'm a big believer, you know, you know, therapy, you need the therapy, Absolutely. See a sex therapist, because this is where you're going to really, you know, be able to dig into certain issues and be able to talk it out. And once all these things kind of come together, that's when you're really going to, you know, find that, you know, hopefully that, you know, improvement that you're looking for.
4: Mm-hmm. I think, I think the sexual therapist, the relationship therapist, I forgot, I got to piggyback off Kevin. Cause that's so important. I found myself literally, I referred, I would say three people today, almost like yeah. I saw three people today in my clinic, sent them to a therapist for the oh, first time. Nice. And it is such a big part because you, you know what anxiety, depression, relationship issues, Sometimes you don't want to take a medication, and maybe sometimes just talking to someone will will get the job done. And uh, yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent with Kevin. You know, and there's it, also things you don't have to talk it.
0: to people too. Well, and yeah. yeah, and sometimes you need a whole team, like you were yes. saying. Like you know, you both were saying this, right, Kevin and Justin? You were both saying this that like it's not just like oh, I go to my doctor, so I'm cool, or I go to my therapist, so I'm cool. And but maybe you are, but the sometimes we need stuff too. Yeah, like, that's yeah. important. People don't know about. You might have someone gives you this, you know, the meds for your depression, and then you have the doctor, the the MD for your physical health and then you actually have someone more for like your emotional state and right. I love the idea of all working together and I just want to say like I've gone to an MD before where I was describing my own dissatisfaction with having a lower libido for what I wanted at you know being in my like mid to late 30s, right? And and it I saw a, a man, I don't think all men are like this. You guys probably wouldn't be like be like, let's boost that up. But no. this person was <laughs> like, Well, yeah, no, that's just pretty normal for someone your age. And I can't mm. really justify it with the, you know, in the insurance company to actually be something to, to just to get a blood panel, like a hormone panel, um, like justify it as a thing. Um, hence why I started going to see Remy and Dr. Castillo, who's in our area. And um, right. and so I was like, Okay, well, I disagree that this is just normal for being 38. I'm not happy with it. It's been happening for a while. I am a sex educator, sex and relationship coach and very aware of and all the tools. You're like, I'm not yeah. 99 years old. I know right. all the tools over yes. here and how to boost my libido. And I feel like there's something hormonal going on. So I'm going to end this phone call and find a new doctor. And so I, so I did. Um, and so I just want to say that to people, if you've had a mismatch experience where you haven't felt seen with someone or like maybe it wasn't something that you should be seeing an MD for or a psychiatrist or a therapist because we have all these different offerings of people that you can see um, to continue to stay open and explore and find someone that works for you because they are out there.
1: Well, this is what I want to say about talk therapy. And you actually, Amy, know a lot about like I get exhausted from talk therapy. I, I can do it to a certain extent. But some of the more somatic approaches that... I don't know, from a Western medicine side, I'm not even opening this up with you. But if you're if you're not into that, if you're like, I've been a talk therapist, you might need to find the right one or explore other avenues yeah. that are out there, which we'll talk about. We've talked about in so many different shows. You just have to find... It's like dating on... It is. App. You're dating it's your like f- hard. Dating it's your daughter is possible,
0: <laughs> and that and this is why podcasts are great because people can listen, hear you all here because you guys are probably the same as you are. Like we are, we are too, right? When you meet us in person, Amy and April, the same is on air, and you probably are the yeah. same. I try to be the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that and so this is a great way to do your research and development to see if these are people you want to work with. Um, and before we find out more about how to work with you and all those fun things, we have one other question though. So what if you? No, the- we can never let them go. No, okay. So you're staying with us <laughs> forever. With us forever. All right. We can so, come back. Um, we'll come back um, what's your favorite of? color? Uh, do you? Do? <laughs> yeah. Walks on the beach. Yeah. Uh, what's your if you could only eat one cuisine for the rest of your life? What would I it be? Know. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, for advice though, for um, folks who have partners, you know, or their their loved ones that are penis owners. So, like, they're, they're so my partner is a penis owner. Let's say my partner's a penis owner is having issues with their own sexual health. How can I be supportive for them in their sexual health journey and the stigmas that come around that? And it's not just me as a Volvo owner, by the way, but like right, any right. partner. Any owner. Right. Yeah.
2: So, you know, things that you can do, you know, and I think it's a common theme that you guys get in your podcast as we get in our podcast, you know, communication and listening, right? So being a very good listener is is important. Listening to the concerns, listening for any signs or issues, because the more you listen, the more they're going to be able to kind of communicate and get information out, right? And so that that communication is is... Super important. Second is kind of creating a safe and like non-judgmental place. You know, the worst thing you could do is, you know, someone suffering with, you know, sexual health issues and is kind of point them out and make fun of them, you know? Uh, Third is that- Especially guys.
3: Especially
2: especially guys, right? And, uh, you know, educate yourself, learn about the topic. So that way, you know, when the discussion happens, kind of show like, you know, you kind of understand what's going on. And, you know, finally, really it's just to encourage them to really seek professional help. Justin, anything to add?
4: Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you really highlighted it. I think that, you know, a lot of times we see guys who are embarrassed, but they were brought in because of embarrassment. After like chronic embarrassment, it's compromised their relationships, it's compromised maybe some friendships. And like, you don't want it to get to that point. Right. And if you're trying to support your partner, I think, you know, Listen, the bottom line is, I don't care if you're 18, you're 90 years old, you're going to get an ED at some point, even if it's one time. And if your partner gets can't get it up one time, don't make fun of them. Don't think it's you. It's probably not you. So, you know, I think like how you handle especially sexual health, which is an incredibly intimate thing, you know, we're talking about it pretty openly, but for most people, it's an amazingly intimate thing where, you know, you're sharing yourself, you're sharing your most personal self. And you know, to be as non-judgmental and to be as open and thoughtful as possible um, when someone's being so exposed to you, I think really goes a long way. And, and if you can put it in a in a positive light, like kind of Kevin said, you know, hey, listen, we're in this together. You're I'm with you. We wanna get this right together, um, and and, and kind of put it towards we're gonna go through this together and, and that they're not alone um I think really goes a long way um and often for guys and I think Kevin will agree is a lot of the times I have in with my patients it's the the the, the their partner is there with them talking about the issue and I think that those are the best appointments because you hear both aspects of what's going on. And sometimes the truth comes out there and it's never a bad thing. It's it's a very honest conversation. So, you know, I think just being present and being there, your best ability is availability. And if you can go to that appointment with them, as long as they'll let you and they feel comfortable, I think that's also a really positive thing. And, and, um, and, and it helps, you know, bring out the the full picture.
0: Did you say it, Your best ability is available. Your availability. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Just oh okay, so I we'll trade. So you you can yeah. so you you can have your brain as your largest sex organ. And we're gonna use that one. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I also wanna
0: I, I think something that
1: I'm taking back from what both of you shared is that shame culture is it's equal to cancel culture it sucks like let's yeah. not shame people and whether you're experiencing it yourself don't shame yourself whether you're experiencing it experiencing this with a partner let's not shame like I I don't like cancel culture I never have and I and I really. don't think that shaming people is is great which shameless sex was built on a lot more and it's evolved to so much more because shame within sexuality is it's very <laughs> um it's it's like a fungus that will grow and and a bacteria it will yes it's like that the zombie apocalypse of of sex right it's it's going to kill you if you don't <laughs> seek treatment uh, and there is a solution here and that's listen to podcasts that are free resources and then visit people that know and that care and the man up podcast first of all is a free resource for folks out there and then you can visit your urologist. And if you're not in the LA area, you can't if you are, you can visit, well, I don't know. I should ask. Um, but I, I know that Dr. Kevin Chu is is in Southern California and then Dr. Justin Dubin is in the uh Florida, South Florida. Southern South Florida area. Well, yep. Um
0: I don't, you're Miami,
1: so, <laughs> like, to trust the people, your practitioners is important and also know that um Let's have a more shame free realization about what happens with our bodies. And I think uh, Dr. Dubin, you said it so well it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 90. Uh, this stuff can happen to you at any age. and uh sex sexuality is it's a it's a long it's like the ocean. It ebbs and it flows. It comes and it goes. Uh, that one you can also trademark. I give it to you. Okay. You didn't create it on her own. I just, no, that's no I, just, I just thought of it right yeah, now. Okay. So uh, that being said, though... If folks want to find you, I, like please listen to the Man Up podcast. This is why we love them so much for so many other reasons as well. Uh, but if you're not listening, please check them out. And then how can people find uh, either of you, both of you, outside of that? How can they work with you? And also, where is your podcast and where are you on social?
0: Social security number two. And then yeah, uh, uh, and we need your address to uh, make you text me uh, hey, back. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Um, I'll go first. So um, I'm practicing in South Florida at Memorial Healthcare System. So if you just Google my name, Justin Dubin, you can find me and and book an appointment. Um, uh, my socials are at Justin Dubin MD uh, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that jazz. Um, then we have our Man Up podcast. Um, our socials are at the Man Up Pod, um, and you can find our, our Man Up podcast on all podcasting platforms, Apple. Uh iTunes and, and Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Kevin, we're, we're, our
3: website, what's our website?
2: Website <laughs> uh, we ww. that the manopod dot com. <laughs> All right.
4: And well, working,
0: Kevin, and some of those Chew. voices he that is, is like the yeah. a, the advertising. That's a great yeah. voice. Kevin Oh my
1: God. Voice. You nailed that. And Dr. Chu, can people work with you as well oh, absolutely. in your area? Yeah. Okay.
2: So yeah, again, my name's Kevin Chu, uh, you know, in the Southern California area. Uh, you know, I do in-office visits as well as telemedicine. Just Google me. Uh, you can go to my webpage, KevinChuMD.com, um, and on the socials. It's at MD.
0: And we'll have all the links in our show notes as well. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, uh, do you want to do our voiceovers over here? Sure. Divi, you're I'm cool in. too,
4: but... No, he's got a great voice. He's got a great voice. Your voice
1: like is powerful. It is like the Geico commercial. <laughs> like, Thank it's like. Thank you. <laughs> Is that the same as Aflac? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's all job. car insurance. or some kind of
4: insurance. Uh, but seriously, I did want to say, like, you guys do an amazing job. We're talking about destigmatizing things. And you guys are truly the masters of destigmatizing sex, destigmatizing these conversations. And it's always a pleasure. It's always an honor to come on. You know, we model ourselves after you guys and the way you carry yourselves. The way Absolutely. You guys talk, and the way yep. that you guys set up your podcast. So it's really always such a blast and um we really love coming on and thank you guys so much
1: we're gonna come all over us again
4: (laughs) Uh, you guys will
0: be coming over here again you're going to be coming again (laughs) and and again again. on shameless sex no but seriously we'll be you'll be coming back and you'll be coming
4: back and you're coming back
0: on ours we'll We'll be coming on each other a lot back (laughs) all over (laughs) i want to say
1: for whatever reason that ikea instruction thing <laughs> got me so hard because i got you hard it got me hard like like you like humor, Wreck- no humorous oh, i you got i've so many boyfriends and uh, boyfriends of past and present and future like that have, I don't know it. I'll figure it out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. bro, you put the mother lung and screws in the wrong I hole. I thought you were saying you got, it it, no, like, you got turned no, on no. by us. No, no, no. Yeah. Like kink. the way that you all both were talking about instructions, but I didn't think about, I, I thought when it was di- directions, I was thinking about before we had GPS. So that's where my brain went. And then yeah, when yeah. I brought up the Ikea thing, I was like, Oh my
3: God. It was so good. And I
1: laughed like I was cry laughing. So I hope that everyone enjoyed it as much as me. And if not, you know what? I'm a twisted human over here that just like yes, enjoys we weird Ikea <laughs> magic. Um, All right. <laughs> the well,
0: I adore
1: you both. Love the Man Up podcast. Love the work that you're doing. Thank you for radically helping people help themselves and their partners out there uh penis owners and and every everyone out there that's listening i hope that you've taken something back from this even if it's the ikea instruction joke <laughs>
0: that we shared earlier that was like, good. i need to go to ikea now
1: i <laughs> love it um yeah we sponsor, we, we sponsor yeah not yeah. sponsored by yeah. <laughs> ikea <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be we have a lot of fucking furniture from them <laughs> uh so <laughs> So that being said, I want to also express love for just—I mean—the good podcast, like like the Man Up Podcast. Thank you to our Shameless Sex listeners for yes. valuing us. We're six years old now. We're six Amazing. years wow. old. Uh, we just had our anniversary, your yeah. podcast anniversary. Congratulations! Anniversary, Congratulations. And it not feel that long. I I, I feel so good about where we've been and where we're going and it's and from all the scroll talks. You're just
4: doing. getting started. You're just getting <laughs> started. I'm yeah. excited for the book. Yeah. I, I I'm, yes. I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, thank our you book so will
1: be out. So to all of our listeners, thank you. You really do mean the world to us. And remember, this is a free resource for each and every one of you. You can tune in anytime. All we ask is that we hand select every single advertiser that we have on our show, we get a lot of offers for things and we choose particularly the ones that we vibe with the most that we think you would love as well. So check out our ads. There's only a few every episode that helps us keep our lights on our dogs fed our lives lively. Uh, and I'm not going to do another invitation. But you know what I'm talking about if you haven't reviewed, okay? I'm not shaming you. I'm shaming myself for not saying it. I reviewed myself. I did. So we love you. Review the Man Up podcast too. Listen to it. Check it out. Spotify all the ways. Yeah. Uh, And we will see you next Tuesday, y'all. Thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. Thank you to, to the doctors that came in their scrubs. They didn't really come. They just showed up. Okay. Just don't. don't
0: oh, we were care, talking
4: your about. Mind. Oh, don't don't the not The camera oh, really yeah. shows below. Nobody knows what's
1: yeah. happened below. Yeah. you have to check it out yeah. on YouTube. They're handsome That's our doctors. P- our Patreon. I'm not lie, I
0: get all hot and bothered by the doctors. <laughs> all right, y'all. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.